everyone, and welcome along to a very special edition of the VCO Studio Show, hosted by me, Ben Golson Juris, because it's coming to you from inside a car, which is kind of different. Uh, here at VCO, we are passionate about merging the world of real and esports racing, something I'm also very passionate about, and something that is encapsulated in the man that we're meeting this evening, Chen Bulatbashi. Not only an amazing esports racing star for many, many years across many different platforms, but also translating that experience and that performance into the real world of motorsport. And that is why we have Chen with us this evening, because in the opening round of the SRO GT World Challenge, the name was suddenly known to a much greater audience, Chen. We're going to get onto your experiences uh, last weekend. But firstly, I want to say a massive congratulations on what you managed to achieve both in the thank real you. world and for us virtual fans as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, first of all, thank you for having me. I mean, like you said, I've been on the esports scene for quite a long time. I've, I've been on the motorsports team for motorsports scene for much longer than esports. Uh, but I mean, the last few years has been crazy with, uh, let's say, the growth of esports and uh, sim racing. Um, so I had the opportunity to actually translate some of the skills from esports to real racing. And like you said, I mean, last weekend was pretty crazy in Imola. And I think we'll talk about that more in detail in just in a bit. Yeah, so uh, I think you might have seen some of the things that we've been do doing over the last 10 weeks here on VCO. I think this might be the 10th or 11th show. Um, talk about a little bit of your early life getting into racing, uh, whether it be in the real world or the virtual world first off. Mm -hmm. I mean, I first started in the real world with karting. Actually, I was first motocross racing uh, when I was. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was when I was five years old. I did I did one year of motocross racing with like fifty cc, uh, with fifty cc bikes. They're they're very small, but I mean, for a five year old, it doesn't look that small. <laughs> it was quite fast when I was five years old. It felt quite fast. Oh yeah. Uh, but then I did it for a year, and then my parents told me that it was. They realized that was too dangerous, so we switched to four-wheel drive, uh, four wheels, and that's when we switched to karting. I did karting for like I think six or seven years in Turkey or and on international level, um, in Europe uh, as well. Wow. Um, so then I tested the Formula Four car and the BR, the British F3 car. Um, had some had some good tests done in those cars. That was I think when I was. 16 or 17 so five six years ago and um, but then we never actually found a sponsor to cover the full season and that that was that was the year when i switched on from real racing to sim racing when okay. i was just doing eye racing to just uh, i mean practice because i enjoyed driving and, and i told myself that if i couldn't drive I, in real life then I, then i should just drive it in the simulator because it was actually quite close uh, to how it felt compared to real life um, so I was I was quite lucky there in terms of timing because they just announced the F1 eSports series. Um, so I had the opportunity to qualify for the finals there. And um, I think I, I won one race, uh, finished fifth overall in the championship in 2017. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I signed with G2 eSports team first. Uh, and then they merged with Fernando Alonso. So I had the opportunity to work with Fernando Alonso as well. So it worked. It all started very suddenly, and it was like hard to believe for myself as well because I got myself in somewhere I dreamt of uh, in just a year. Um, so that's how my esports journey started. Um, but like, uh, talk about a little bit about sort of your switching your discipline. So, you, mm -hmm. okay, motorsport, uh, motocross, and going into karting, yeah. completely different worlds, really. But did you feel it was an easy translation from going to real world into, well, I say sim racing, but obviously mm -hmm. F one 
it's not necessarily a, a sim mm -hmm. platform i mean um in like i think starting off as first game like something like iRacing or r factor really helped me out uh, right. because um starting off with like one of those hardcore simulators it's really um like if you're good on those games i think it's much easier for yourself to translate that skill to a game like f1 or I don't know project cars maybe uh, or or something like that but i think the other way around is much more difficult so i think me starting on iRacing Factor was a was a big plus side for me um, and i always enjoyed f1 games nonetheless um so yeah i mean we still practiced really hard i mean it wasn't easy i think there was over hundred thousand competitors online uh, participating yeah. so yeah but like the, the the way of driving, I can imagine from karting and, and cars going into iRacing has mm -hmm. some way of translation. But you speak to some of the guys who are iRacing hardcore, you know, and very, very fast at that, can't mm -hmm. get their head around something like uh, the F1 platform. But you were able mm -hmm. to be fast in all of these different platforms, whether it be real or virtual. Yeah, so I spoke to some of the real-life drivers as well, and they had a lot of difficulties uh, playing like simcade games, let's say, like cars or F1, but they also told me that they were very quick on iRacing or R-Factor, but they were never really as quick um, on games like F1. But I think my one of my chances I had was um, when I first started playing racing games, I played almost all of the games available on the market. So I didn't just, um, let's say play one game and focused on one game, uh, which looked like a downside because it's always better if you just focus on one game. But in the end, it also helped me just uh, learn about all the games possible, um, which made me, I guess, uh, which made it easier for me to transition from one game to another. Um, so yeah, I'm quite happy about that, but I enjoyed, like you said, I mean, racing in various different games. When you got into sim racing, it was at such an advanced stage that you must have already kind of treated it incredibly professionally. Yeah. It wasn't something that you uh, experienced and thought, oh, I will make that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll end up in a professional world like someone like Sebastian Job did. When you mm -hmm. joined, you it was instantly, this is a professional uh, reason for joining, and this is a professional thing that is going to help me either in experience or even profile. Yeah, I mean, when I first joined, like you said, I mean, when I first joined, actually, it was more like a hobby because I wanted to just get to know the games to see how yeah. realistic they were and to check if that was actually very, if it was really close to real life. But when I got into it, like you said, I mean, it was already a, in a super advanced, uh, advanced period of time. So I didn't really have that. I didn't really do it as a hobby because I had to spend a lot of time and commit a lot of my free time on it. So when I first started, I already started playing like four or five hours a day to just get to get into grips. And I think I've done, I played for like four or five hours a day for like four or five years, let's say. Wow. Um, so that is, that is quite, quite a lot of hours when you think about it. <laughs> That's a, a serious commitment, but it obviously yeah. paid off for you. Cause as you say, you, um, were picked up by G2 Esports, which is a mm -hmm. massive organization mm -hmm. in esports, regardless of sim mm -hmm. racing. And it was a great moment for, 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 for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think 
in 2017, I think all basically all the stars aligned for me. Um, so I qualified through uh, to the F1 Esports finals. I did my first contract with G2 Esports, and then they also announced that they're merging with Fernando Alonso to create FA Racing G2. So it all happened quite quickly, and I was at the front seat for it. Yeah. Um, so I had to take it seriously very quickly. I couldn't really do it as a hobby after then anyways, um, like you said. So being part of FA G2 Esports, obviously a huge kind of step up for you at that moment. What were the highlights uh, of that experience? I mean, honestly, I was into uh, esports for a long time um, anyways, and it wasn't just the racing side. I enjoyed watching, let's say, uh, Counter-Strike games or maybe Rocket League games. But when I got into G2, I also started watching League of Legends, for example. But yeah, so I was watching other games as well, and it was actually quite fun. So, and I already knew these names. So when I got an offer from a team like that, I was like, wow, okay, sim racing must be getting quite huge if a team like this is investing into it. Um, and I, since I was new to the scene as well, technically, um, I took the opportunity and it was, a, like I said, it was a very professional environment and um, working with these people, meeting these other esports players uh, like the Rainbow Six team uh, we had like, uh, or maybe Rocket League team. Um, so it was like understanding how other esports games were working and how they were progressing compared to sim racing. And it was good to see uh, the growth of sim racing side compared to other, um, let's say, the normal uh, esports games. I guess your profile is best known because of what you've done on the F1 esports games. But you were uh, in high level competitions uh, in R Factor and iRacing as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, F1 has the highest, let's say, viewer base for it. So when you when we ask people they probably know me from f1 game but before f1 game i qualified for the first wfg finals on r factor 2 um i think i, I also got the world championship license on i racing and i was 10 in the championship maybe even top five in world championship um on i racing before f1 esports was announced that's when i had to quit f uh, i racing world championship series and focus on f1 esports and before I did right. iRacing Pro Series, I did Daytona 24 hours and stuff like that. Um, so I was I was I was into iRacing in many other games. It was just the F1 esports, like I said, had millions of viewers. So it's much easier for people to know me from that game. And is that what's important to you to have recognition and uh, ultimately to help you in a career further forward? Yeah, exactly. I mean, recognition always helps the follower base or the interaction you get from followers and fans because, I mean, we're in a digital world in the end. It's 2020 and you need to have that follower base or interaction or engagement rates to help your career out. It's not just about playing well or just doing well. You need to have something else in others because everyone is also on the same level as you. Now you're back in the real world again, and you're uh, in the SRO Championship in the BMW, the Turkish BMW. How has that come about, and is that down to your performances in esports? Um, I would say yes, because uh, the team actually uh, knows me from esports scene, and they wanted to give me give me a shot in the real car uh, in Paul Ricard last year, which was a track I knew quite a bit from F1 games and other games. So I think. They told me that they want to give me a shot and on the track in the race um, it was like a 45 car grid i've never yeah. been to, to 
been in a race car before that weekend and i saw the car for the first time i think on wednesday and the first when my qualifying was on friday already so i didn't have much time to get, get used to the car or the track or anything but i think i qualified fifth in my class sorry third in my class and we finished fifth in the race um, wow. and then they said that they they want to give me a second chance in Mizano. that's where we got uh, second place and got our first podium as a team. So I think after those two results, they also told me that they would want to do the full season with me in 2020. Um, so that's how my real life racing career started, basically, which which is which is a big surprise. I mean, I wasn't expecting some anything like it, but um, at the beginning, my like biggest, let's say, target was to get back into real racing through esports and sim racing and like you said mm. i mean i have to race against people that have raced on that track multiple times raced on the on, with those cars for multiple years so the only advantage i have is that the practice i have in simulators and that's the only place where i can just basically cover the gap to them uh, and it feels like all of these challenges whether it be in the virtual or in the real world kind of come naturally to you you don't seem phased by this idea that you're jumping into a gt3 car and having to be well and being as fast as everybody else i mean to be honest the the simulators are very close to real life i mean i have to admit sometimes it even feels like you're wearing a vr glass at some point i mean that's how close <laughs> it is i mean <laughs> but i mean I, I guess the biggest difference is getting used to the speed the feeling of speed because you can go 250 300 kilometers per hour in a game you won't feel anything but in real life when you're going 250 or 300 it, you you do feel something you know or going through the corners uh quickly or breaking super late i mean i think as soon as uh, I got used to that. It was more down to my experience in sim racing where I can translate uh, the sim racing skills to real life skills because I think it's also important to know what is realistic in games and what isn't. For example, maybe, I don't know, track limits, for example, or the curb usage mm. can be easier in the games compared to real life. So that's where you kind of need to understand if it's if you can do that as well in real life or not. You talked about R Factor, you've talked about iRacing and, and F1, but of course, the perfect preparation ground, presumably for uh, your forays into GT racing, is ACC. Exactly. Is that a platform you've been enjoying recently? Definitely. I mean, I first uh, tried the simulator last year when I had to practice for Paul Ricard and Mizano. But I mean, I was going to drive the GT4 car and they only had the GT3 car. So what yeah. I did was to, I think, change the engine mode to like the safety car mode, which has like less horsepower. And I <laughs> lifted the car up to the highest position and just made it, uh, made it basic and gave it such less downforce that it felt basically like a GT4 car. So that's how I practiced <laughs> For the first nice. few races until they added the gt4 pack obviously a couple of weeks ago um yeah. but I mean, the, the the attention to detail in tracks in that game acc is crazy i mean i think i also compare it to iRacing in other games but acc really is different it has so much more detail because possibly because it's the latest released game uh but it's it's one-to-one -one. i couldn't find any differences even the color of the curbs shape of the curbs the feeling of the curbs uh there it's quite crazy how close it is to real life track so as a person maybe watching this going i would like to experience what it is like to be in a real 
world race, which of those platforms, and you've got a really good experience of all of them, do you feel best replicates the real world? I mean, honestly speaking, for the GT cars and how updated it is, ACC is on a different level, I would say. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like online experience, racing with others, having fun while being competitive, iRacing's online experience is obviously is going to be the highest level uh, of competition, let's say, maybe, or also highest level of fun because you're always like the I rating system and the safety rating system. I mean, it's a simple system, but it works really well. Um, so I would recommend that for like competitive or fun uh, side of things. But in terms of realism, I would say for the GT cars right now, ACC definitely has the best physics. So moving forward for you, obviously you've now kind of achieved a goal in getting back into a championship. Uh, and obviously the annoying Corona pandemic has uh, had to delay that, that, that uh, debut for you. But do you now take the throttle off your sim racing and focus on your real world? Or are you going to try and keep everything in parallel? I have to keep everything in parallel because the more sim racing I do, the more helpful it is for my real racing. So again, all the free time I have is going to be either spent on sim racing or my fitness side to get better in real racing. Because the more time I spend on sim racing, I think it makes me faster also in real life. So I can't just focus on one or the other. I have to do both of them at the same time. I like I won't be doing 10 hours a day sim racing, obviously, like if it's the F1 Esports Finals. But I want to use the sim racing platform as in uh, as a practice, let's say, environment for my real life races. I want to go to Misano in a GT4 car in ACC, drive for hours and hours to practice for my real life GT4 race in Misano, which is next week. <laughs> cool. I mean, that's great. Does does that mean the the F1 dream is is uh, kind of put to one side for the moment then? Um, not really at all, because I think to switch switching to single-seater uh, cars, it's going to be all about sponsors. So if I find yeah. any extra budget, which we're working really hard on, um, I definitely want to try again a single-seater cars. Like, I think I have a great deal on the GT4 side, but if, if we have an opportunity or, let's say, an extra budget uh, that we can spend on another race, then my plan is to do maybe add into the season, uh, one or two single-seater races could be, I don't know, from the Renault Euro Cup uh, or something like that, or let's say British F3. So I think I, the single-seater dream is always on, yeah. And are you still hoping to appear in the F1 Esports series when it kicks off again? Um, this year it's going to be difficult because it's at the same time as the GT4 uh, races. So yeah. even if I, I, I don't feel like I can commit myself 100% to F1 Esports, which is something I need to do to perform well there. Uh, so if that's the case, then I'll put myself as a reserve driver or a third driver, let's say. But I want to be in that scene, either on a different role, but I want to be there to watch how F1 Esports is growing. And I want to be a part of that because I want to support the series. I want that series to do well because where I am now is all thanks to that series. And I want to help them grow. And they also help me grow the F1 social side. They they always help me. I mean, sharing or sharing something on social media about me from the F1 account is always, I mean, the value is is crazy. So I think having their uh, backup there is very important, and having their support. And um, so I want to support them as much as I can as well. Shami, you're a fun, absolutely fascinating guy. <laughs> really interesting to hear your different approach to sim racing to many of the other people that we've spoken about. This for you is very much a career and you're thinking like a marketeer. And that is why 
in part alongside your amazing speed while you're as successful as you are. So thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you very much. On VTO. Thank you, for you are. I mean, you are the epitome of what we're trying to do here at VTO Motorsports. So <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank, thank you. you very much. And uh, and good luck with everything. Uh, we will see you at some point, or I will see you at some point in a real-life racetrack. And oh, uh, yes. looking forward to following the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Thank you. I mean, I'll see you soon as well on a racetrack. <laughs> yeah, I need to get back to a racetrack too. <laughs> yeah. And that's it for another edition of the VCO Esports Studio Show. Thank you very much for joining us. Make sure you tune in every Monday evening at 8 p.m. European time for some of the very best in real and virtual world chatting to me, Ben Constantinus. Who knows who it might be next week? What we do know, it'll be one of the best in the world. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.